Welcome to Setting Captives Free Podcast. Jesus said, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Cleveland coming to you from Washington State with my good brother and friend, Eric Hurt from Arizona. Hello, Eric. How is everything with you? Uh, everything is well over here in Arizona. Mike, I'm enjoying the cool weather and really excited about doing another podcast with you. Amen. Well, we have an important subject to discuss today, and the subject has to do with keeping a list of wrongs that have been done to us. Um, Eric, what is wrong with keeping track of wrongs that have been done to us? <laughs> well, you know, Mike, um, we're just stacking up frustration and uh, pride in our own hearts, and, and we're not living out uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, our, all of our records of wrongs have been crucified in Jesus's flesh and nailed to the tree, brother. There is no record against us anymore. And so when we stack those up and think about them, we are looking inward and we're not looking at the cross uh, where it was finished for us, and then it, we're not having the ability to extend that forgiveness out to others. And so this list is very detrimental to us, to others, and to every relationship that we might have. Amen. Well said. So let's look today at Psalm 130, and let's examine that very subject that we're talking about. So in Psalm 130, it's titled A Song of Ascents. Uh, in order to ascend, you have to be coming out of the depths. And in verse 1, this is David, and he says, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Uh, you know, Eric, sin puts us in the depths. Uh, uh, last week, you and I interviewed Gary from Scotland, and he talked about digging his own grave. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And he talked about descending. He kept going down farther as if he had a a spade in his hand and he just kept digging and going lower in his sin and you know he eventually reached the depths and this is what happens to us sin always takes us down doesn't it brother yeah it sure does and i believe gary kept saying that he kept digging and digging and digging going deeper and deeper and deeper and we uh can identify very very uh clearly and strongly with that uh, that being uh, so deep that there just seems like there's no way out and no hope. Yeah, exactly. You lose hope because it, the, the, the grave falls in on top of you. You've, you've sinned so much that you all hope is eclipsed as if you are just dwelling in a grave. Mm -hmm. And it's very much like Jeremiah said in Lamentations chapter 3, he said, I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. And this is exactly what we see David here doing. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. You know, when you're in the, in the depths, Eric, um, we cry to the Lord for help. We don't try and find a, 
a step ladder to climb out of the pit. We don't try to find a rope to pull ourselves out. Uh, in other words, we don't find self-help books and try to implement all the principles they teach us. Why? Because when we're in the pit, we need God's help. We need mercy and grace. And so he says, Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive, attentive to my cry for mercy. Um, sometimes, Eric, we are not heard when we cry to the Lord because we're not crying for mercy and mm -hmm. for grace. We're saying maybe like the, the Pharisee, you know, we're crying to the Lord. Wow, I thank you that I'm not like that sinner over there. And uh, I've, you know, done this and I've done that. And, you know, when we cry to the Lord like that, uh, he does not hear our voice. Mm. And so we come in a position of needing mercy and grace. And uh, this is what David is doing. He recognizes, number one, he's in a pit. Uh, he's down in the depths. And number two, the Lord can help him. And I know that from your testimony, Eric, you have experienced crying to the Lord from the depths and having the Lord be attentive to your cry for mercy. Yes, I, I, I've experienced both. You know, where you cry for the wrong reason, it's not for mercy, it's for my own gain, uh, just for a relief of some sort. But, uh, you know, when we cry out, as you said, we're crying out for mercy. And, and you know, Mike, uh, it's just incredible to experience uh, this mercy. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, like you said, we're not putting up a ladder to get out of our pit, although I've tried many times, as I know you have. Yes. And, and those things have never worked. Um, and it, we're just in isolation down there uh, in that pit and uh, with no one to help. Um, it's a miserable life, Mike. Uh, it's a miserable place to be. And it, we're kind of driven into isolation. But uh, like you said, when we cry out for mercy, boy, he sure gives it to us, doesn't he? And uh, so we see that. Uh, we see in verse 3, he says, If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? Mike, that would be incredible. Can you imagine the record uh, listed against us? Uh, we couldn't stand against that, Mike. We would be uh, instantly judged and taken off for the rest of our lives uh, to prison. Uh, we couldn't stand if if the Lord kept a record of sins. And uh, brother, you've experienced that, haven't you? Oh my goodness, yes. You know, the I was just thinking in, in Ezra chapter 9, uh, God is coming to his people who are captive to set them mm -hmm. free, but they confess something to him. They say, we are left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. Mm. That's a summary of the whole world. We yeah. all stand before the Lord guilty. And because of our guilt, we cannot stand in his presence. Now, this passage tells us, Eric, that the Lord does not keep a record of sins. Um, and so what, what does that mean? What Did he just, uh, you know, wad the piece of paper up and throw it away that had a, had a record of our sins? Did he just decide to overlook it? Did he... What does it mean he does not keep a record of sins? Well, we had to have, uh, there, there is a record. There, 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 there had to be um, a judgment. Uh, but we can see here, um, it's so awesome to see that uh, this mercy here is tied to if you kept a record of sins. And so, in other words, 
the record of sin was going to be paid for somehow uh, through by his mercy. And um, so, and we know, brother, where that record was paid at, and it was paid as a result of, of our sin, uh, but it was held against someone else instead of being held against us. And so isn't that marvelous to think about that mercy is tied to this record? Um, it's, it's just incredible, Mike. I really appreciate what you said. There had to be a judgment. Sin has to be paid for, rectified, uh, canceled in some way. It's not just that God says, oh, I'm going to be a nice old grandpa and overlook everything you've done. No, there has to be a payment made um, so that the, this record can be, can be canceled. And Eric, you, you exactly alluded to it. Uh, on the cross, Jesus took our record and made it his own, assumed the debt that we owed, took on the crimes that we committed, and he suffered in our place, and he died our death as punishment from God to fulfill the judgment, the righteous judgment of God. And so in Colossians 2.14, it says, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Uh, brother, as you, you look at the cross and you hear the nails being pounded in, they're not only going into the flesh, the hands and feet of Jesus, they're going into the record of our legal indebtedness. It is being nailed there. Everything you've done, brother, every thought you've had that was wrong, every action you've taken that was in disobedience to God was taken off of you and nailed to the cross. Therefore, it was taken away. And, and you no longer bear that record. And so God does not remember your record of wrongs because he removed it at the cross where sin was paid for and judgment was taken away from you. Hmm. And friends, if you're hearing this right now, if you're hearing our voices, this is the same for you. At the cross, you have received mercy. At the cross, uh, the Lord has not kept a record of sins on you, but placed them on Jesus. He hung so you could stand. Uh, he, uh, you know, this is the place, this is why we surround our thinking. Uh, this is what sets our minds on things above. This is why we huddle up around the cross constantly, because we not only need to be reminded and remember what took place there, but we see, we see everything else there. We see, we see the love and the mercy and the grace of God bestowed on us because he condemned his son for us and for you. He nailed that legal document finished and paid for where he redeemed us with his own life. I mean, it is just incredible. It's not just simply walk an aisle, raise your hand. It is an absolute heart and life change and experiencing power. And friends, when you see the cross in this way, when you see that you've been forgiven and every sin that you've ever committed has been canceled, there is no record left for you. There is no more judgment for you. I mean, this, what does this do to your heart listening to this now, friends? I mean, I know that Mike, this morning, this is 
we've only been through three verses and I, I can't hardly stand it anymore. I'm just so excited that, uh, that we have received this mercy at the cross, brother. It is life-changing. Everything changes. Your marriage, um, you know, you're set free from sin and sin's power. And it's just a marvelous thing to, to look at the cross and see all that transpired there, isn't it, brother? I love how you just worded all that. <laughs> I love around the cross. Jesus hung so you can stand. All of those amazing truths that happened at the cross, you know. And, and so let's look at the implications of verse 3. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, mm -hmm. who could stand? The implication is, since he did not keep a record, but instead nailed it to the cross, we can stand. Amen. And, and we can, what that means is that we can face the judgment of God, knowing that we will not be declared guilty, knowing that one took our place and took our guilt and made us righteous before God, so we can stand before a holy God. And, and this is what is rejoicing David's heart. Now look at and compare verses 1 and 3. Mm -hmm. um, if the record of sins has been removed from you, then you come out of the depths. Mm. Then you are no longer in the grave of sin, that you are now alive and raised up with Christ and seated in the heavens with Christ. You're a new creation in Christ. The old you is gone, dead, and buried. The new you can stand because you are in Christ. And in Christ, Eric, anyone can stand before God knowing their sins are forgiven, that they have no more sin on them. They only have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so if you're in a pit today, if you have, have dug your own grave, what you need to see is that God has removed your sin from you. He will never bring it up to you again. Mm -hmm. He will never hold it up to you and treat you as if you were, had still committed those sins and were deserving of punishment. He will never do that. He chooses to forget. And why? Because he nailed your sin to the cross of Jesus Christ. Therefore, you can stand, which means you are up and out of the depths, and you are alive in God in Christ Jesus. And verse 4, Eric says, but with you, Lord, there is forgiveness. Mm. There is forgiveness. What does forgiveness mean? Oh, man. Mike, this means that I'm, I'm accepted, brother. I'm loved. I'm loved out of my sin. I'm, I'm forgiven. I'm given a new heart and a new spirit, and I'm set in a new direction. I'm, I'm loved, brother. I'm loved by my Father. And I, I, Jesus was uh, rejected so I can be accepted and forgiven. He, he was the Lamb of God who laid down his life, uh, the final sacrifice, once. He was sacrificed once. Uh, for the forgiveness of sins. That means the blood is still flowing and, and still flows for you and for me and all that are listening that look there and, and believe this message. And I love how you said it earlier, Mike, you reminded me of Colossians 3, uh, that we were, uh, our lives were hidden in darkness, but now our lives are hidden in Christ. We were once hidden in the darkness, brother, and in the pit and in the, and in the depths, but now our lives are out of that pit, hidden in Christ, in the light. And uh, that's just incredible to think about, that our lives are now hidden in Christ, 
And uh, it's just, it just warms our heart. And we hope that those listening, we hope that you're receiving this, that you're looking at the cross with us and receiving the love and the forgiveness that Jesus poured out there on the cross for you. Amen, Eric. And I'm sure there's someone listening today, maybe a husband, maybe a wife, and possibly you've kept a record of wrongs. Uh, Maybe you've kept a physical record, printed out the damaging emails or, you know, kept the video of where somebody was caught or whatever you've done. Maybe you've been storing something away in the closet or in the closet of your mind. Uh, Now you understand that the gospel means that God destroyed your record of wrongs. Therefore, it's your turn. And and maybe right now you would want to go to that physical closet and take all that stuff out and burn it Mm. and say, I'm never going to hold this against you again Uh, because Christ took my record to the cross with him. I'm going to remove this record. Or maybe it's the closet of your mind and you replay uh, the, the visual images in your mind that continue to make you bitter, that continue to keep you from forgiving. Mm-hmm. And maybe today's the day where you see the blood of Jesus Christ wash all over the record of wrongs. And, you know, no relationship, Eric, as you talked about in the beginning, no relationship can withstand the keeping of records of wrongs. Somebody said that a good marriage is the union of two really good forgivers. <laughs> um, and I think that that's really true. And so I encourage you, brothers and sisters, to remove the record, to destroy it, to, to forgive the one who has wronged you. And uh, that will not only free them from the record, but free you from the prison of unforgiveness. So we continue on, brother, and if you look at verses 5 and 6, there is a future-looking aspect of this uh, removal of the record of wrongs. It says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Eric, don't you feel like he's looking forward to the future, to this time when the sins would really, truly be forgiven and the record would be destroyed? Oh yeah, Amen, brother. That is, and that is our hope, uh, our longing, uh, what we wait for, uh, what He was longing for. This is, this is absolutely, um, and so that's why we uh, love to look at this cross and and see that uh, this is where it all happened, brother. And as you so well said, as as those folks that are listening look there and see how much they have been forgiven themselves, uh, placing their hope, waiting on the Lord. And seeing that their whole record uh, was destroyed and canceled, um, it makes it easy, Mike, to extend that loving grace to others. Uh, So we're just hoping that one more heart uh, puts their hope and trust in the Lord and um, that they're set free at the cross and they are willingly uh, jumping up to run to go extend a forgiveness that they see that they've been extended to. Amen. And if you put your hope in the Lord, according to verse 7, what do you get? Uh, It says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. Isn't that wonderful? Unfailing love. Isn't that what we all desire in this life, is unfailing love? To put your hope in the Lord, uh, you're going to receive his unfailing love. 
you're, you're going to receive the love of a father, true love. This is, this is just a love that is non-comparable. Mike, before the cross, before the cross cut and healed my heart, I thought I loved my wife. Uh, but it wasn't until uh, I was, my former life was put to death with Christ on the cross and I raised up to a new creation, as you mentioned earlier, uh, that I started really receiving this unfailing love and really saw in Christ there, my full redemption, uh, that he paid the price completely. And it's just incredible how this love begins to pour into you and me and all that look at the cross and your love begins to pour out to your wife, to your family, to others. And it is just incredible what happens to your relationships. They become relationships that you, you, you thought couldn't go deeper. Mm. And, and in fact, uh, they're much deeper than, than you ever thought. And this is what happens. This is what happens to the heart and the life. And when we put our hope in the Lord, when we put our hope in this cross where Jesus put it all to, to rest, put it all to death mm -hmm. and buried, buried it in a tomb. And he's not dinging it up. He's not digging it up. So we shouldn't either. Let's leave it there and recognize that we've been raised and received this unfailing love, uh, this redemption where we were purchased through blood. You know, just yesterday I told a friend of mine that uh, before the cross and then uh, through blood, everything has happened through blood. Mm. Um, our former life, it's all through blood, Mike. And what we're saying is that through the cross, through his death, Jesus' death, through his powerful resurrection, so everything in our life from our former to our new is through blood. And we just need to remember that. Uh, we need to always connect that with every passage that we read in the scriptures and just let our hearts be overwhelmed with this unfailing love. Well, you've given us a new way to read the scriptures. Uh, every blessing that we receive comes through blood. It comes through Jesus' death in our place. We would have no blessing. We would only have cursing. But in, in him is full redemption. Eric, I love that term, full redemption. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean redemption with probation. <laughs> it doesn't mean half or partial redemption. It's full redemption. And, and husbands and wives need to get this, don't they? Yes. That Jesus redeems us fully and completely, full redemption. Churches need to get this. Sometimes churches will look at people's past and say, you can't be a missionary, you can't be a this, you can't be a that. And, and all that comes from, brother, is a lack of understanding of the basic gospel. Mm. Because at the cross, my old man, your old man, died. <laughs> and, and we rose again as a new creation. We have the Holy Spirit in us. This new creation lives differently, has a new heart. And therefore, you can't charge this new person with old crimes. You can't charge the living person with the crimes of a dead person. Uh, and so we, can't, we have full redemption in Christ. It says in, in Romans 3.24 that all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Eric, there's your passage, through blood, right? We are justified freely through blood, right? Through the redemption <laughs> yes. that came by Christ Jesus, the full redemption. And I love the... Uh, the, the lyrics to uh, the song, 
you know, um, what's it called? Uh, Hallelujah, what a savior, because it says, bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a savior. And then it goes on to say, guilty, vile, and helpless we, spotless lamb of God was he, full atonement, can it be? Hallelujah, what a savior. <laughs> Amen. Oh, man, I'm ready to rejoice, brother. How about you? <laughs> I already am. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, How does this passage close, brother? I'm sorry? How does this passage close? Oh, boy. We're, we're about to jump up and sing the hallelujah chorus right now with this final verse. He himself, brothers and sisters, listen to this. He himself will redeem Israel from part of their sins. No, from all their sins. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Brother, this is amazing. Jesus is coming down. I'm coming down. I'm going to redeem you from all your sins. Uh, just like you said in the last verse, not partial redemption, not, uh, you know, would you say like we're on parole or something or full redemption. He himself will redeem you. He himself hung there for you. And I love what you said, brother. How can we put rules and regulations on dead people mm. in the church? Uh, you know, maybe we should walk over to the cemetery and, and, and do a podcast and, and read the passage there. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ. Uh, and you have raised to a new creation. Uh, where God has put a new heart and a new spirit in you, brother, there is nothing holding us back to go preaching this good news anywhere the Lord uh, would take us. Uh, there is no restrictions whatsoever because my old man has died. And um, I have been redeemed from all of my past, from all of my sins. And if there's no record in heaven kept against me, against me then why should there be a record on earth against me? Mm -hmm. And uh, so and we're just not in line with the gospel if there's a record on earth, are we, brother? Oh, boy, that was good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was fantastic. I love that, Eric. I'm going to close with that. Well, okay. let me read one more verse. And here Zechariah <laughs> has been made aware that the Messiah is going to be born uh, in just a few months. And so he says in Luke 1, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Hmm. Uh, and so here's the fulfillment of uh, this passage in Psalm 130. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Hmm. Zechariah looks to the birth of the Messiah and says, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. Lord, Lord, this just delights my heart, Lord Jesus. This just lifts me up to the third heaven. This gives me joy. It, it gives me complete forgiveness, complete pardon, complete atonement, full redemption, full salvation, full atonement. And maybe someone is listening to us today. Lord, would you impress upon them the fact that at the cross of Jesus Christ, they were fully atoned for, they were fully paid for, they were fully redeemed, and they are fully accepted in the beloved. Lord, help this message to settle in right now in somebody's heart. Help it to cause the rejoicing to be
This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.